This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the fine folks over at Built Bar. Remember, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off your first box. Um, if you're a big workout person, obviously Built Bar is uh, essential to you, something you can use to uh, prolong the workout and assist with the workout. Goes great with a cup of coffee in the morning. Get your day started. Again, www.builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first shipment from them. We're going to sit down today here from Head Honcho over at Browns Wire, Mr. Jeff Risden. Jeff, first things first, uh, other than getting dunked on by your teenage son, how's the family holding up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. We're, we're anxious to get uh, outside. You know, I live in Michigan, and it's been uh... – it's been a little crazy here. Uh, we, half of our state is now underwater. Um, so we're, we're ready to just get back to some semblance of normalcy and looking forward to a holiday weekend. Um, I still get to work, but everybody else is off, and that's going to be fun. <laughs> Usually the way it works. Usually the way it works. Yes, sir. Um, with this, Jeff, we're starting to see some opening you know, of the facility, soft opening, if you will, so to speak here. You know, uh, non-essential, you know, and slowly going to – migrate to this and then everybody of course wants to talk about you know OTAs in mid-June should that really be what we're talking about right now Jeff should I mean shouldn't the goal just be in the July training camp so to speak yeah and, and I'm hopeful that the training camp will be open and at least you know look something like it has in the past uh, I, I think you know the, the way that the, the Browns have constructed the grandstands um, around the the which shield is that the, the far one um <laughs> like they've always had the big grandstand in front of the two big fields but now you can get those side fields as well and i'm hopeful that it's spaced out enough that people will at least be, be able to go you know it won't be you know the the, the bleachers won't be packed but I, I think there'll be opportunities there to still go check it out and hopefully they figure out a way to do you know it's a big part of going is you know having autograph sessions and the fans getting some access to the players and that I don't know how they're going to manage that, but yeah, I, I do think that by the end of July, uh, I'm, I'm planning on being in Berea. I'm hopeful that uh, I will be able to do something there other than just, you know, stand with a mask on, you know, taking notes from, you know, 40 feet away from everybody else. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that OTAs are going to go on as normal. I think one of the things that they're doing is they're, they're checking to see and make sure that no team gets a competitive advantage or disadvantage. Uh, and just to go back to, I live in Michigan. We we are not allowed to do anything pretty much here. Uh, the Lions facility will not be open until at least the middle of June, if not later than that. Uh, same in California with the Rams and and the Chargers and the 49ers. So there's there's that inequity equation that comes into it. You know, Ohio might be open, but other states aren't there yet. Um, and, and there are other states that are far ahead of Ohio too. That that that's going to be the issue. Is will they will they allow teams like the Browns and the Bengals in Ohio to get more more time together and and more you know coaching time together in person than than teams in other states where where the restrictions aren't aren't as uh, as loose. Uh, that that's that's what they're working out. You know, J.C. Treader did the uh, the conference call yesterday. Brown Center is the NFLPA president. I thought he he had some great answers and insight about how they're going about it, how the players are trying to work with the league, um, and and all the all the stipulations that have to go into it. It was it was a really good, interesting call, and uh, I, I feel a little bit better about training 
thing to them, but at the same time, it, it's going to be different, Jeff, and that's uh, that, that's something that we're all going to have to get used to. Yeah, and I think that's maybe one of the biggest misconceptions, you know, fans and everybody are kind of having here, and you, you can obviously bring the Giants and the Jets here into the mix in New Jersey, one of the most affected areas going as well, is, is this has got to be what's good for all 32 teams. And like you said, you know, you can't just say, all right, well, you know, it sucks for you guys, you know, whatever, hopefully, you know, we'll see you all week one. It's got to be something where it goes across the league here where everybody can essentially, you know, open up for business or at least, you know, limited, but everybody's going to at least have the same opportunity to, you know, get the ball rolling on their preparations for what will hopefully be the 2020 season. Yeah. And, and, you know, the preseason schedules have come out and I think that's, I like the fact that they're doing it. I like the fact that they're they're showing us some some optimism that that normalcy will return. I think that's been a big push by the NFL. They kept the draft on time. They're keeping the preseason schedule out there. They are still having OTAs. Obviously, you can't work with people you know in person, but I I think the way that they're going about it, it shows that the NFL is at least at the forefront of trying to get stuff done. I think that's good for us football fans and and those of us who cover it. You know, it gives us something to, to hope for this fall when it's, uh, you know, it, it's been a tough time, man. I, everybody around the country is suffering. And some of us are in interesting states, not others. Uh, but it's, it, I, I like the fact that the Browns are going forward as if they're going to have training camp and going to play preseason games at First Energy and, you know, going to be able to, to do certain things. You know, they, they've, they've, they're not able to do some of the things that they want to do, but the fact that they're trying and they're adapting to, to what they can and can't do, I think it's a good sign. I, I'm, I'm happy with what the Browns have done in terms of, you know, being forward about it. Again, having Treader, dude, he, he's – I wish everybody could have watched it. Um, and it might actually be up on the on the Browns' website. It's worth checking out. Um, how, how matter of fact, but also how, you know, you can see that he's thinking uh, – two steps down the line and they're trying to be more proactive than reactive. I think that's something that votes very well for, for both the team and the NFL. Uh, yeah. And you have to, you know, and the thing is you kind of have to, you know, essentially keep both eyes open with the situation. Yes. The, our eyes are on the prize, but you know, there's a safety factor, risk factor, all these things that we have to look at. And look, it's hard to right now look one month ahead, let alone three months ahead, which would essentially be where preseason football was at least the schedule this year. And this is where Browns fans kind of got screwed here last year with the preseason schedule is week one and week four were the home games. And you want to talk about the most pointless um, preseason games there are. It's week one, it's week four. At least this year they get week three. They do get week four as well, but at least they get week three as a home preseason game if that one you know comes to fruition. Yeah, and that that's the one that you really want to watch. And, you know, they do need the preseason work. When you've got a new coaching staff running a new offensive system, um, for the third year in a row, by the way, uh, that that shouldn't be lost <laughs> on people. Yes, preseason's critical for the Browns. They need that work. You know, Baker has not practiced with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Hopefully, that they're able to at least get something out there in the preseason this year and run a series or two. You know, you got Austin Hooper coming in. You got two new left tackles starting in a new scheme for both of them. Yeah, or two new tackles rather. One's left, one's right. Obviously, you know. The, Getting as much time on field together before they actually go out there and, and play, you know, in week one and in week four, that that's critical for this team. That that is such a huge thing. So if, if they can get those in and, and 
all the better to do it in front of the home fans when, when the games really count. Um, that, that third preseason game, you don't care about the score. You care about what's going on with the field and, and the players and how they're interacting, how they're getting stuff done, how Coach Stefanski is figuring out how to coach in an actual game because he's never done that before. You know, getting the preseason this year, more than any other year, is so critical for the Browns this year if they want to have some success. Very important preseason. Normally you, you, you watch preseason games and you're like, oh, okay, it's nice to just see football again. This year, you really need to pay attention to what's going on with the Browns players because there are so many moving parts that have to come together quickly if this team is going to climb up in the standings. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one. And I just hope that there's there's some fans able to go watch it at First Energy and some fans that are able to go see it in Berea at 76 Luke Rosa. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful to be there. I'm, I'm hopeful to catch one of the preseason games in person this year. But uh, fingers crossed, man. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be you know it's gonna be a bumpy road and like I said it's it's gonna be really difficult to you know you, you can't just you say all right well this is you know essentially when the you know the time meter is gonna run out and everything can go back to normal so we're gonna get some more here with Jeff Raw risen some thoughts here on the offense and the defense on Locked On Browns the best tasting bar it's hard to explain built bar if you haven't experienced real chocolate amazing flavors um for me mint chocolate cream is a great one sixteen flavors so all you know all sorts of varieties for you. Um, it's a really good taste. Uh, no chalky aftertaste, no grit to it. There are, some of them actually, you know, kind of taste like a candy bar. So trust me, I mean, if you just want to indulge for the sake of indulging, it's worth that as well. Amazing combination of low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. No crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular men's bar, it is half the calories, seven times fewer the carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good for you and taste that good? That's a secret for Built Bar that they're keeping for themselves. Go to BuiltBar.com. And use the promo code locked on and get $10 off your first box. Customize the box if there's certain flavors you think you like more than others. Just have those ones shipped to you. But again, 16 flavors, um, you know, chocolate, nut, whatever you're looking for, they've got it at builtbar.com. Again, www.builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. Jeff, on the offensive side of the ball, it's, you know, we've talked about this as far as the offensive line. You know, and obviously you're going to need time to gel when you have, obviously you're going to have a rookie left tackle. You're going to have, you know, obviously a veteran right tackle coming into a system that he is not as familiar with. The key here, though, and, and for me, I, it, it's going to be, we're going to go into this essentially again in year two here. It's going to be a it's second year in a row. It's going to be a competition at right guard. Um, I'm sure, you know, for all intents and purposes, they'd love for Wyatt Teller to take the ball and run here. He is a tad bit of an odd fit for this system. But this is going to be, you know, and hopefully this is something we can follow during training camp is here we go again, second year in a row, we're going to be steadily watching what will probably be a competition at right guard. Yeah, and, and Wyatt Teller, he is, a, he is a weird scheme fit for this, and, and I wonder how that's going to play out. I'm hopeful that we'll see something from Drew Forbes. Uh, last year, transitioning in from tackle to guard, this year he, he's had some time to practice at it. He understands what he needs to do. I, I, I do think that Teller is going to be out there week one as a starter, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if, if one of the combatants for right guard is not on the roster right now. If, it, if it's a guy that, you know, there are other teams around the league who have changed schemes as well. And may, maybe they, they can get a swap um, where, where Teller goes one way and, and somebody who's a little bit more adept, more athletic, more agile, uh, comes back the other way because uh, that that is what the Browns are looking for, and I, I I'm very curious what happens with that position. You know, it, it's great to be stuck at, to, to be stacked at tackle, and I 
I'm very confident that Jack Conklin's going to be great at right tackle. Um, he has played in a, a zone system in Tennessee before. It's a little bit different than, than what they run in Cleveland or what they will run in Cleveland, but it, it, it's similar enough that he's going to do well at it. I'm confident that Wills will be fine. Betonio, no problem. Treader, no problem. It's that right guard spot. It, it, it's a, it, honestly, it's the best spot on the offensive line to have question marks at, but you don't want to have any question marks. So, yeah, that, 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 that's definitely one. You know, Again, if Forbes could step up, it would be great, but you can't count on that from a, what was he, a sixth-round rookie from a year ago who didn't play from the small school. It's, uh, it, it's definitely a question mark, man. And uh, like you said, I don't think Teller's a great fit. I think he can make it work, but uh, yeah, there, there's a solution that's out there that, that we might not see just yet. And again, that's why, that's why training camp and preseason are going to be so important to this team. And, you know, they could have, you know, would have had some OTs already, OTAs already and maybe had some sort of, you know, some sort of grip, you know, and firmness on this and, and at least, you know, you know, all right, well, we think it, this is a legit option or, you know what, we've already realized that this is probably just not going to work. But, you know, again, the, the way things are and the way things are in the world, this is, you know, just the hand you're going to be dealt with here. Um, another one here, Jeff, and we get a, Pete and I get a lot of this, is, you know, trying to fill out this wide receiver room. And the guys want to, you know, people want to ask about it. But the question is going to be with an offense that's running two tight ends a ton. They're going to be running a fullback a ton. You know, people, you know, are they going to keep six wide receivers? Or oh, could it be seven with, you know, the, the way the you know, roster manipulation works for this season? I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the case because, you know, once you get past Higgins and if Donovan Peoples-Jones finds a way to get some reps, I, I don't see who there's going to be reps for. I mean, you're going to have Odell and Jarvis out there for as many reps as they can possibly handle. But after that, I mean, it's going to come down to certain situations because I don't think Kevin Spancy is going to get away from what the bread and butter of this offense and what his vision of it is going to be. Yeah, and, and you're looking, like, even the number four wide receiver in this offense, <coughs> excuse me, that, that's 15, 20 targets on the season. So it, I don't think they're keeping more than five, honestly. That, that's just not the way that the, the offense is designed. There are so many other mouths to feed. Uh, and by the way, they're good ones, too. Uh, David Ajoku, <laughs> Austin Hooper, uh, even Stephen Carlson showed something last year. They are loaded at tight end for a reason. That's why they, that's why they went out and made the investments that they have. I, I don't think that you're going to see the number five receiver on this team, whoever it might wind up being, and they might not get a target all season. They might not, they might not play more than, than you know, a handful of snaps outside of special teams. That, that, that's where that competition is going to come to. You know, you're, if you're worried about who's going to be the, the, the fourth and fifth wide receiver on this team, that should be really far down your list of worries because that is not an integral part of the offense. Look at look at Denver's offense. Look at uh, look at Houston's offense uh, back before uh, b- before Deshaun Watson, uh, because uh, back then that that's that was more of a Kubiak centric offense, which is what Stefanski is going to run. Look at Minnesota. Um, their number four wide receiver last year, Laquan Treadwell. Um, guy gets twenty targets in the season. Uh, beyond that. They just don't have it. If everybody is healthy, if Landry and Beckham and Hollywood are out there, it, you're not going to see much, if any, action uh, through the air for that, even number four receiver. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. I do think that Donovan Peoples-Jones, as long as he 
as long as he's focused on on what he needs to do on offense more than he is on special teams, I think he will get that role. Uh, that's you know that, that, that it's a minor concern for me, honestly. And I, I you know, it, it's weird because for for all these years we've worried about you know who's going to be the four, who's going to be the five, because you you can see some four and five wide sets. That's not what Stefanski does at all, uh, and that's going to require a little bit of a change in mindset from bounce fans. Uh, there's, yeah, that there's no doubt about that. And the other thing is obviously watching coach O'Shea talk the other day about the wide receiver position, you know, and put an emphasis on blocking. And then you think about it and you know, well, what's normally going to pair better. I mean, if these guys are aggressive enough and strong enough and have zero problems throwing their bodies around on special teams, those are the guys that usually translate to being better blockers here. So yeah, that, I mean, for as far as maybe what a fifth wide receiver, you know, you're talking a, a Ratley type, you're maybe talking a Kadero Hodge type. You know, you know, Peoples Jones. Obviously, they do have a you know draft pick invested in him, but it, it still is only a sixth. So it, it's going to be the little right. things after you know, obviously Odell and Jarvis, and I you know I think Rashard's here. I think Rashard's here is you know maybe more of a favor to B- B- uh, Baker just because they had that relationship, and I think everybody can kind of see what not having some of Baker's comfort zone in 2019 did to his success. Now that being said, you know, Joku they obviously think he's going to be a big part of it. Rashard Higgins as well. Um, but there's a ton on Baker here this year, Jeff. And, you know, it's not like, you know, the front office or the coaching staff, you know, is not going with the my guy approach here. But it's, you know, after last season and the diminishment in the return of, you know, the play and the production here and what has now been invested into this where, you know, the, the line, the only question we have is right guard. We think we have four solid players all around. He's got the talent everywhere. He's got the skill everywhere. It's it's going to have to be a big big bounce back year for Baker Mayfield. It needs to be. <laughs> There's no question about that. <laughs> he was not the same guy in 2019 that he was in 2018, and uh, you know this is this is the year where you know the proof's in the pudding. If again, it's tough because of all the you know he can't work with guys. Although he's trying down in Texas, he's got guys there, but getting practice time with OBJ, with Landry, with with Hooper. Um, with the running backs throwing throwing out of the backfield, with, with you know with Donovan Peoples Jones, with a guy like Kaderil Hodge, who who I do think is going to, I think he's a lock to make the team. I don't think there's any question that he's going to be on the roster. Um, the question will be, you know, does he get any targets at all, <laughs> or is he just a, a special teams guy? And he's great at special teams. That's you know, I'm hopeful that that the quarterback centric system. It's a quarterback-friendly system. This is an offense that, that Case Keenum put up huge numbers in that has made Kirk Cousins in one of the highest-paid players in the NFL. Baker Mayfield's better than both those guys. I, there's no question about that. It, it's on him to quit seeing the ghost, to quit feeling pressure when there's no pressure there, to, to make better decisions with the ball right away rather than, than holding it for a little bit. You know, there was – there's a little bit too much of Deshaun Kaiser in, in Baker Mayfield last year, and that's, that scares me because he would see it, and then he wouldn't throw it, and then he'd worry about it and then throw it late and, and get in trouble. Uh, the, you know, the pass protection is going to be better this year, I think, I, I expect. There, there's a lot on Baker. You know, I'm a believer. Um, as you know, I, he was the guy that I wanted more than any other quarterback, even though he wasn't necessarily my number one quarterback in that draft. I thought he was perfect for Cleveland and perfect for what they want to do. I don't think that he was a great fit for Freddie's offense, which is strange, but I do think he's a good fit for what, what you want to do if you're Kevin Stefanski. And man, I'm, I, 
it, it's there's a lot on Baker this year. There's a lot for him to prove. I don't think he's going to back away from it. I think he will embrace it. Uh, I think he has the weapons around him to make him look really good. And uh, it's, it's a very unpleasant conversation, Jeff, if, if we see the Baker Mayfield from 2019 in 2020, a guy who's, you know, throwing way too many interceptions, who's making poor decisions, who's running away from pressure that isn't there, who's falling off throws to his falling back off of his right foot when he doesn't need to. Those things need to go away. I'm confident that he will be self-aware enough to realize that, oh, my God, I screwed things up last year, uh, and he will do things to make it right. But uh, there, there are people out there, we see them on Twitter all the time, who are, you know, like, it's time to make the quarterback change. Who's, who's, who's going to be the Browns quarterback in 2021? We are certainly not to that point yet. But if, if Baker doesn't pick up and, and, and eliminate some of the mistakes that he made last year, those voices are going to get louder, man. And that's, that's just something that we don't want to deal with. Now, and it would be, you know, absolutely crushing for this franchise to think they have everything else in place and you got to go back to that drawing board again. Just makes it, oh, let's just hope we don't even, yeah, exactly. Let's just, do, let's just hope we don't even have to go there. We're going to flip it up here in a sec with Jeff Riz. Then we're going to get to the other side of the ball, obviously, defensive side of the ball here. Uh, you know, talk a little shop on that side. Blinkist, uh, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. And um, for all my Browns fans looking for, you know, looking for merchandise, uh, Zabo Apparel, the shop is back open in Vermilion. Vermilion, you can find them open from 11 to 6. Go check out Brian and his family. Obviously, not just Browns, Indians, Cavaliers, you know, city-specific stuff. Go ahead, check out Zabo Apparel. Um, ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O, Twitter, Instagram, Zabo Apparel. Uh, go ahead and check out Brian and his family to do a fantastic job. Now, Jeff, this is one Pete and I got kind of got into the other day, and it's the biggest mystery on this defense and how it's going to be handled. And, you know, it would almost be, you know, I mean, it's essentially a lottery ticket right now. Maybe one of six names is how is the linebacker position going to shape out? And what linebacker is probably going to take the most reps in 2020? I mean, there is absolutely no way right now to know the answer to that. No, there really isn't. And some of it is the fact that Joe Woods has, has coordinated in so many different styles of, of play. You know, he's, he's worked under Wade Phillips, but he's also worked under, you know, other guys that, that do things differently, um, where you could see some of the four two five looks that was the base last year. Uh, I, I'm confident that Taki Taki and Wilson are both going to play more than they did as rookies. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know, man. Jacob Phillips. See, see, I see a role for Jacob Phillips. I think he's, I think he's your mobile quarterback spy, uh, and it doesn't necessarily fit with his athletic profile, but it's something that he did pretty well at LSU. So when they're playing guys like Lamar Jackson, like Deshaun Watson, uh, like Ryan Tannehill, who, who is a very mobile guy, that that's that's his role. Um, he's going to be out there and, and be the guy who reacts, who who spies, but who also you know can attack uh, if he needs to. You get downhill a little bit, uh, but that, that that is that a big role? Is that a big role when they're playing Ben Roethlisberger? Is that a big role when they're playing you know Kirk <laughs> Cousins, guys like that, guys who don't run? Uh, I, I think you're going to see some mixing and matching with that. You know, wh- where does Goodson fit in? Uh, I, I I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think they they could be in the market for another guy to come in too. Really, uh, is. is are there guys that are out there that can help that are probably not right now, but down the road, you know, maybe, maybe some guy shakes loose that has some, some familiarity. 
Yeah, it's it is, it's a big question. It would be great if Taki Taki and especially Mac Wilson stepped up in their second seasons and did better, more consistently what they did well as rookies. Uh, I, I think we all got enamored with how good Mac Wilson was in the preseason last year, and they got there in the regular season like, oh, okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I would love for him to be that guy who can be your coverage linebacker and pair with Taki Taki, who can be your, your sort of box downhill um, Sam Mike combo guy. I think and I think those roles fit those guys very well. But man, you know, because because there are questions at safety. Um, they're good questions to have at safety, but we don't know how they they fit yet. You know, how much does Andrew Sandejo have left? You know, is he going to play some of the hybrid linebacker role? Is Carl Joseph going to play some of that role? You know, the, the, what what in the world are we doing with Shelter Redwine? You know, where, where where do all these guys fit in? That that, that interplay between the linebackers and the safeties is going to be something fascinating to watch. And, and we don't know it yet because we don't know what Joe Woods is going to do. He's he's the guy who hasn't really talked to the media yet, so we've never really had a chance to pick his brain. I'm hopeful that the Browns will make him available for a Zoom call soon so we can get some of these questions answered because I uh, these are questions I'd love to know too, Jeff. I think I think you know, I listen to Pete, and, and I, I think he's probably more right than he's, he's wrong on this, you know, the, with, with the ambiguity and, and who fits where. But, uh, you know, that, that's one of the big questions that we have looking at this defense going forward is and we know who the, the outside corners are. We probably have a pretty good idea of who the slot corner is. We have a good idea of, of the defensive line and the edges. But that linebacker, man, that's it's, it's a mystery. Uh, no, no doubt about that. And you look at this and you look at the heavy amount of, you know, capital they put into you know, the safety position. And you also look at, you know, uh, the cornerback position where, you know, there's you know, four or five names already. And, you know, it makes you – it gives you that inkling of, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it could be really, really defensive back heavy. And then you, it really just – it gives you that question of, well, how essentially is this linebacker unit going to work out here? Schedule real quick before we go where they were, Jeff. Jeff, one thing I think I do like, though, is, you know, I like Ravens week one. Yeah, it's about as tough a matchup as there possibly is. But, you know, everybody knows once you, you know, you get past, you know, week three of the preseason, you know, everything essentially becomes week one of the regular season here. And with it going to be a new defense and with it going to be a lot of new moving parts and personnel, that's probably not the worst thing. I mean, this could easily fall in where maybe you got Cincinnati at home on Sunday and then that, you know, that Thursday night game in week two could have been at Baltimore. And you were talking maybe, what, 20 hours of preparation tops? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I don't mind playing your your toughest game on your schedule first. Honestly, it's it gets out of the way, and God, think if you win. And keep in mind that Browns played really well against the Ravens last year. That they they absolutely housed them. It was what forty to twenty one in, in in the one game. They, yep, they and then they hung with them for they answer. hung with them till halftime in the second one. Yep. Yeah, Baltimore has no answer for Nick Chubb. They don't. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to get get the, the season off running right Chubb get out there you know 27 carries 156 yards three touchdowns yeah I'll take that I think that eases some of the pressure off of Baker Mayfield I'd love to see that so I, I don't mind it it's an opportunity for them to make it to announce their presence with authority as, as to go Bull Durham on it you know nuclear louche <laughs> will it happen no Baltimore Baltimore's really good I, I think even even those of us who, who really really hate you know acknowledging anything good for Baltimore. That's a good football team. That's the team you're chasing. 
that, that, that right there is a way to know if you're there and what you have to work on for the rest of the season. You know, how close are we? Uh, I hope that they use it as a barometer like that. And, but also, you know, don't, don't put too much stock into it because it is a great team. You do have to play the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, what, 96 hours later, you know, and, and they're going to be looking to, to prove that, you know, hey, they're coming up. So you can't put too much into it, but at the same time, yeah, it's a great it's a great opportunity for the Browns to show that they are not the same team that they were last year. That they can they can come together as a team. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why I loved the Miles Garrett Odell Beckham interplay on Twitter this week. It shows that these guys, you know, you never see those guys. There is not a picture in in any database of those two guys together. And here they are goofing around like they're old friends. That was so encouraging to me, and uh, that's normally I don't like writing about that kind of crap, but I really like that because it shows that you know this is a team that the John Dorsey you know collection of of fantasy football talent didn't work. I think we're seeing Stefanski go in the opposite direction. I think that's an emphasis with Andrew Barry. So far, so good. Obviously, it's very early, and it's weird because we're all remote. But just seeing stuff like that, that that's so encouraging to me when they go. Baltimore, they are so good at being a team unit. You always know what you're getting with the Ravens. You have not known that with the Browns. So seeing things like that, that they're coming together, I I like that, man. It's exciting. Yeah, and you know, one thing that comes away with that is, and what I kind of took away with us is the guys are starting to miss each other. And you know, that's you know, if it's going to help every one of these guys, and look, they all make a ton of money. And you know, I'm not saying it's everybody, but there's definitely a certain few that forget about, you know. It is a game, and it should be fun, everything you do with it. Yes, there is the business side of it. But, you know, you're an incredible opportunity to do something that you should truly, truly enjoy. I love the point about the Ravens. And, you know, I mean, it was quite obvious. Look, you take Patrick Queen. Um, you know, you go ahead and you take, uh, obviously, you know, other linebacker you took out of Ohio State. Um, what did it tell you? It, it told you that the Ravens said, look, we realize we got a problem. And, you know, one of the problems for us is, is Nick Chubb within this division, you know, they obviously went at it and they, you know, they hit it hard as far as that. And hopefully that's something they can combat as we put a bow on this here, Jeff, NFL wise, the game itself, Lions, Browns, obviously you cover anything, you know, any thoughts, anything Jeff, Jeff Rosen wants to get off his chest here. You know, I'm just, again, <coughs> I, I'm very encouraged. I, I, I don't want to harp too much on it, but the JC Treader conference call, I thought was a really good window into where football is heading. Um, it was encouraging to me that, that they are working, the players and the, the union are, and, and the NFL are working together and trying to get something that's manageable. And, they, you know, for all the acrimony that they've had in the past between the two parties, it was really nice to, to hear Treader talk about how he's working with the NFL and how they're presenting things and trying to be proactive and forward-looking. Uh, it made me feel really good about football this year, and that's something, you know, you know, living here in Michigan where, where I still can't go to see my neighbor if I want to, you know, my hair looks atrocious. I'm, I'm, I'm growing the mullet again, but not by choice either. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my, my son has not had a physical encounter with a person that is not in our household in a month. Uh, that that's tough when you're a 14 year old boy, I mean, yep. <laughs> he misses his AAU basketball friends. He's missing out on so much. So to have some sort of encouragement, it was really, really good to hear that. And, you know, I, I know it's a boring conference call for a lot of people, but I, I got to tell you, man, I was really proud of J.C. Treader and the way that he has. It's obviously he's a labor relations manager or major in college, 
it's obvious that he's the right guy to be the NFL PA president. I'm proud of him for being a Cleveland Brown and being the center. Uh, and hopefully it will get him into a Pro Bowl because this guy has belonged in the Pro Bowl in the past. Let's get him in there this year because he is a very, very underappreciated player. Uh, and the fact that he's got the leadership skills, it, again, it, it makes me feel really good about having football in the fall. And that's something that we all want. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, and you know, as far as it, even like talking about your son, you know, my kids, you know, if anybody doesn't know, you know, Jeff and I, between us, we have four kids. Um, they're actually four, I think four grades apart. Um, so we got a 14, 13, 12 and 11 between the, and this is when it gets tough. Right. For them. Uh, it, it's this time of year. It's, you know, Hey, well, the sun's still out till after eight o'clock and it's getting warmer and it's, well, why aren't we hanging with folks by a fire pit somewhere? And, you know, that's the part that gets tough here. Um, granted, don't want to rush it by any means. Do not want to rush it. But, you know, you know, I, I think I think for the kids, it's getting a little bit long in the tooth, so to speak. Um, everybody, uh, appreciate you all for listening. Um, everybody, you know, you guys can check out Jeff Risden, obviously, on Twitter. Uh, Browns Wire, Lions Wire, uh, Real GM. Jeff's uh, forever busy. He's got the calluses on the finger to prove it. Make sure you're following the show. At Locked On Browns, always follow back account. Uh, DMs open. Any ideas, guys? This is the month. You've got stuff you want to talk about here. This is the month. I mean, you know, we have, you know, we've got the forum. We've got the ability. You have questions. You got ideas for the show. By all means, kick them on over here because you know this is always the month where we can get two things. You know, we don't really have to adhere to a schedule here right now, and especially without OTAs, bogging things up. And actually, I was looking a year ago at this time, right about this time, a year ago at this time, we spent about five days with the Gerald McCoy saga about whether will he, won't he, where's he going. So that type of stuff here. But we got time. Oh, good times, uh, Jeff. Good times. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He's in the building. He's out of the building. I don't know if he's still in the building. Maybe he left. I'm not sure. He went to the bathroom. I don't know what that means. Who knows? Um, yeah, and all of us that just for you know Tim to end up going to Carolina. And now with Dallas Cowboys. So blah, 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 blah. Um, myself, at Jeff underscore LJ Lloyd. Uh, make sure you're following over there. Um, appreciate everybody. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.